Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. All right. Wow. Hey, right. Wow is the word, right? It is, it is pretty amazing. Uh, I, I was telling the, the, the band after this, I was like, I don't know. This is, I think, harder to preach right after that because I'm like so emotional. I don't know if it's easier or harder. I'm not quite sure. But man, it is, uh, it is such a privilege for us to be in this moment. I don't know if you guys realize this. It is, it's a great thing that we get to do this as a church. And it signifies so many things. And as I think about this weekend, honestly, I'm like, there's so many things that are, that are happening. I mean, this is Palm Sunday, which is huge deal. As we move into Good Friday, we'll have a Good Friday service. And then Easter Sunday as well. We're hoping, hoping, friends, let's pray this through here hoping for amazing weather so you can do it outside again again so that's what we're hoping that's what we're hoping that's what we're praying for but let's talk about the series because today is also like if there, we couldn't add more things to it it's also a day that we're we're uh, those of you who know if you're a guest you might not know this but we uh, a lot of us are coming together and giving our pledge to a huge campaign that uh, we are we have engaged ourselves into and basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to buy this next door space it's for half a million dollars i mean sorry it's 2 million dollars yeah, i just wish it was half a million yeah. hell yeah that would be a sweet deal, uh, but no, uh, it's, um, it's $2 million, but we are just trying to raise the down payment for it because we are convinced that God wants us to expand our epicenter of hope as we see people's lives being changed in our spaces. So you were just part of that, and there's so many other things that happen during, uh, in our spaces, and so we just are convinced that God wants us to grow even more, and we are ready for that. So this Sunday's about that too. So we'll talk about that. That's the expanse. I know some of you guys are already prepared. I know I've got some text messages of people going, hey, man, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Uh, we're going to pledge. We're going to do that. And this is awesome because we already have like 120 uh, pledged uh, for the 500. So if you minus that from 500 math people, what do we got left? 380? 380. Yes, 380. We'll just go with that. Um, so we're already on a good track. So excited about that. So let's Let's jump into uh, this morning, though, really quick, okay? Um, we're going to be talking about, in fact, we're going to end our series called How To, and we're going to talk about how to, what, what does it say? Can you, create the future. How do you create the future that God wants for you, or how do you create the future that you want to step into? Because so many of us, we feel like we're, we're living this life right now, and then there, there's a life we want to live. But how do, you, how do you do that? And so this how-to series, has this been conversations about like, hey, here's something you might want to consider. Now, we've had our groups, like we have these smaller groups that people meet and they've been meeting throughout this, throughout this whole series. In fact, 
Most of them are going to continue meeting, and they've been dialoguing about these conversations. And so when you talk about, when I talk about your future, or you consider your future for your kids, uh, for yourself, for your career, spiritually, financially, physically, I mean, all kinds of things, there's, it's complicated. And so I just want to say the how-to is not like, hey, just do this and it'll work out. No, it's not, actually. It's not, it's not. Uh, it, but it is something that you and I need to consider. So I want to give you a couple of things that you and I might want to consider as we look at, hey, there's something I want to, uh, want to um, be. I, there's some p- p- place I want to get to in life. And I, I just need to figure out, if I'm, am I going the right direction? Is my family going the right direction? So I want to help you with that. I want to go through the scriptures. But before we do that, I think we have to understand something. And that is uh, horseback riding. Horseback riding. Okay, we need to understand that. First of all, how many people think it's cool to ride a horse? I mean, like, it's just cool. Like, you see a movie and you're like, oh my gosh. They're like galloping. They're doing the thing. You're, you're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Then you see these, these, these pictures on Instagram. Like, there's this like, person riding a horse on the beach. You're like, that's epic, isn't it? It's epic, and they don't even have a saddle on. <laughs> and you know, if you've ridden a horse, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah that's, that's super dumb. That's super dumb. So, friends, I grew up in the Middle East, okay? Some people call me a camel jockey, which is racist. Anyways, <laughs> but they do, man. They do. But I did ride a horse. Uh, uh, this is my second time. I actually galloped. I should, I've got video. I got video. Okay, first of all, let's let's watch this video. Okay, so this video. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get ready for this. It's not galloping. Here. Yeah. But you'll see my companion. All these people. All these people. That's a real cowboy. Now I know. I know. You're like. Uh, was it really you? No. Shh. I got another picture. I got another picture. I got a picture here. Okay. This is me. I think. Now I know. I know. I know, some of you guys are like, was that really you, though? It looks pretty small. Does that look like me? Yeah, yeah whatever. Okay, thank you. I got one more picture. And this, this the, the, look at that. See, this is the perfect horse for me, too. I was like, pose. Oh. You see that horse? The horse is like, I'm ready for this. I've been practicing. This is an Instagram horse, people. They know it's up. They know it's up. You know what's funny about this, though? They had this, uh, uh, you can get rid of that. Thank you so much. <laughs> they had the option to do a beginner ride, uh, which was basically you get on the horse and it just walks. And then there was a progressive beginner. A progressive beginner is you start walking and then you go gallop, and, no, sorry, trot. Trot? Trot. And then, which is very uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Extremely uncomfortable. And then the person was like, hey, listen, but if you go to a gallop, it's actually smoother. I was like, okay, let's do that. So I was like, sign me up for the gallop. Let's do it. Well, here's the problem. You know what galloping is, right? There's speed involved. A lot of speed involved. Friends, I saw Jesus again. <laughs> again. I was like, I'm going to die on this mountain. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. What's funny, though, is when they were giving me the options, there was like this, this conversation about like fear. Like, do you really want to allow fear uh, to limit you? Because if you get on the other side of riding a horse and galloping on a horse, man, you, you, get, you have an experience. And as I was thinking about this, I've, I've seen and I've heard people say, like, your future is on the other side of your fear, right? Your dreams are on the other side of pain. Here's the question, though. The question only is, is that 
that, that, that implies you get on the other side, right? You might just die trying. Like, that's, like, that's what I was thinking. But as, as you think about this, I think there is something to it, right? There's something about moving past your anxiety, moving past your fears. Like even, I'll, I'll just talk about Taylor, uh, who got baptized today. As he walked in even this morning, he was like, man, I'm just, I'm processing, I'm processing. This is a big deal to him. It's a big deal to him. I can't get into all the details, but it's a big deal to him. And we took a moment and just prayed outside in the parking lot. Because he was like, I just, I just it's, it's so much, it's so much stuff. And sometimes you just don't know what you're wrestling till you wrestle it and get on the other side. You just don't know. And I think for so many of us, the life we want to live is on the other side of this. But you and I have to kind of wrestle through our fears and get to the other side. So I don't know if it's on the other side of being, you know, uh, being debt-free. Is it on the other side of having a, like, a, like a decent, like a good marriage? Is it the other side of conflict, pain, the other side of grief, if there is even another side of grief? Because sometimes it just keeps on happening. But what if you and I, what if you were watching uh, uh, back home or what if you and I were to go, you know what, hold on, today, let me, just, let, me just, let me just think about like the real life anxiety, the real life issues that I've had, uh, because I really want to move forward in life. I really want to move our family forward in life. And it scares me to death. What is something that scares you to death right now to do? You're like, ah, oh, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to do this. I'm not quite sure. It scares you to death to do it, but you need to do it. I think it's so, so timely that we're talking about this during baptism because during baptism, there is a decision to be made. Like, hey, I want to move in, to a different, in, in a different direction. I want, I want to do this. So can we talk about this? Let's just talk about this. So I'm going to give you a couple of things. It's found in all the Old Testament. Can you say Old Testament? Old Testament. Okay, you got Old Testament and you got... Okay, this is the what? Old Testament. We're going to go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel is a conversation. It's, it's a story, actually, about the first king. The, the guy was, uh, the first king was, okay, extra points. First, Saul. Okay, we got some Christians in the house. All right, that's good. That's good. Mostly they're non no Christians, but anyways, okay. Okay, but we got uh, Saul. He was the first king, and then he had a son. Anybody know who the son is? Jo okay, is it the same person talking? Okay, but yes. It's Jonathan, Jonathan. So this story is about Saul and Jonathan. Saul uh, was the first king that God established for the Israelites, uh, but he just kind of went psycho. You know, he just went uh, sour. He, he went a diff totally different direction in life. He began good, and then he just went a different kind. Uh, he just became a different kind of person. And in fact, I think like his anxiety, his, his fears, his worries just got the best of him, and then he be began to make choices that were just not that good. They're not good, good. He didn't start off like, I'm going to be the terrible king. No, he started off like, I'm going to do this. But he went south. And part of it, it lies in this story. And then you got Jonathan. Jonathan is his son who is a little different than his dad. He, he was going to be, he's the eldest son. He was going to be king, but he never wanted to own that. Like he didn't want to, that was not his thing. That did not define him. Like I'm going to take over for my dad. That didn't define him. He didn't want the throne. He didn't want any of that. He just wanted to do the right thing. And he was convinced that God who started a relationship with his dad was extremely real. That even though his dad had this huge relationship, that, his, that he, the son, could have a deeper relationship with God, even though he was not appointed for some great things. 
And so he's got this kind of energy. He's got this kind of passion within him. And in the middle of the story that we get into, what happens is that Saul, the king, is with his army, and they're about to attack these Philistines, and they've been in war with these guys for a long time. But they're resting and waiting to see when they should move. But the problem is, is that the waiting has just gone to making excuses, and he's just, the, the, the king is not doing anything. He's not doing anything, and so his son Jonathan goes, you know what, I, I just feel like we need to do something. I feel like dad is, is, is making excuses. I feel like dad's not responding. I feel like dad's not doing what I think he should do. First of all, any sons and daughters out there think that, right? We've all thought that. Dad doesn't know. Dad doesn't have a clue, okay? But this time, Jonathan was right. Jonathan was like, hey, I really do think that we need to move forward right now, and we could take these, uh, these Philistines. So here's what happens. He starts off, it starts off and it says here in 1 Samuel 14, it says, one day Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to his young, young armor bearer, he says what? Come, let's go over to the Philistines outpost on the other side. But he did not tell what? He didn't text his dad, hey, don't wait up, you know, BTW. No, it didn't say that. He didn't say anything to his dad. He just was like, goes to his armor bearer, which is his assistant. Because in, in, in Old Testament language, basically, Jonathan was an officer and uh, the armor bearer was an assistant. And he would carry his stuff and it was with him, uh, you know, and so they did things together. And so he goes, hey, I think we should go over. I think we should go over. So the first thing we see here is that he did not tell his dad because he believed that his dad could not see what he saw. I think the first thing that you and I need to know is we have to really think about our vision. Like the first word I think that comes to mind is vision. Now we put that there, right there. It's so small because it's a vision test. Can you see it? <laughs> Can you? Can you? You're like, well, I don't see it. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. So the question though, in all seriousness, is, is what do you see in your life? See, I think that sometimes when we stay in our anxiety and stay in our fears too long, we start losing sight. We start losing sight of the future. We lose sight of what's important. Have you ever seen someone, like, have you ever seen someone, like, live in bitterness? Do you know what happens to them? You've seen it, right? They just see the world, what? In a different way. They just see everything in a different way. And so I think what we have to kind of look at is, man, what am I not seeing in my life anymore? What did I see for myself I don't see anymore? It starts with this idea of vision. Because I think if you stay in a place and you stay long enough, you just, you just see what you want to see. Truth is, is like, like Saul, if Saul was your past in a sense, if Saul was the, 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 what was before, if Saul represents all that, if Saul represents old eyes in a sense, then old eyes just see old things. See, old eyes can't see a new future. You have to get new eyes to see a new future. You can't, go, you can't expect to just live in the past of whatever or whatever is, maybe even right now, and begin to go, I want to move our, I want to move our family. I want to move myself. I want to move my business further in life. You, well, you can't do that because if you don't see something that other people don't see. His father did not, but he saw, and he was like, hey, I, think, I think we need to go, I think we need to go there. Here's the other problem, what this passage reveals to us. 
And we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear this one. Oh, we don't want to hear this one. You want to hear it? <laughs> you don't want to hear this. The people closest to you will not see what you see. They won't. His dad was like, I don't see it. The people you love the most sometimes will just like, you see something and they're like, I don't see it. Sometimes the people who you really are praying that they would just see what you see. Hey, just see this. They won't. Sometimes the people closest to us don't even see us. Right? You don't like, hey, maybe, can I, can, have you ever been in a relationship with family or friends and you're like, do you, do you see me? Like, do, you, do you get what I'm, what I'm saying here? Do you, can you look, can you, just can you think uh, for a second um, about my point of view? Can you, can, you, can you get my shoes a little bit? Can you, can you see what's happening? Do you see the potential? Do you see this? Or do you just see the, the problem with my idea? Do you see something? So he didn't tell his dad. He was like, I'm not. I'm not going to tell his dad. Because guess what? He's just, he, he can't, he can't, he's like, he's like, my dad has like this old vision and the old vision can't see a new future. It just can't. So he doesn't, he doesn't do that. Now, I'm not saying don't tell your parents. Kids, tell your parents everything. <laughs> okay? Okay? But I'm, I will say this. That you and I need to tackle vision. Maybe for some of us, because of, a, of, a, of past behavior, because of a past hurt, because of what was, and we're trying to go back to what was, we can't really see a future. And friends, you know we all went through this. We all went through COVID in different ways, and we all need to push forward. So what's the next thing? Well, the next thing, I think, is this idea, and we'll find in the next passage right here, we continue to read this. Um, and I think the word right there is actually risk. It's the word risk. So you got a vision, but then you have to deal with this idea of, of risk. First Samuel 14, 6 says this, okay? So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, okay? So they were going to continue the conversation. He's trying to convince this guy, we got to do, do this, okay? So I love this passage. I don't know why. It's so comical for me, you know, in a sense. He says, he says come, come. Let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men, Okay? Which, now, obviously, he's watched movies before. He knows that before you go into an epic war battle, come on, am I right? you got to be like, we're going to go get those losers. You know, like, I mean, they don't say you losers. They say other stuff. I can't say that, you know? But they're, they're like, oh, let's send them all to hell. We're going to do this. I mean, you've seen all the movies. You know it's an epic thing, and you're like, I believe that we're going to be blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's the thing. That is what you do. Here's the problem. He says that. He's like, these uncircumcised men. And then he says this. What does he say? Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. I don't know. Maybe. We could die. Perhaps. What happened? And then he says, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving either by many or by f- two. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, these armor bearers are like, yeah, what? What? I thought, no. Like, did you hear from God? Uh, can you lie to me? Like, you know, here's the thing is, if I'm going to go risk my life, I need a very good lie. 
I need like, I'm, my name's been written in heaven, like things like that, like, like people are gonna talk about me, like I need promises, okay, if I'm gonna give my life. I don't need a, perhaps, perhaps, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. I can't really tell right now. I feel it, I think, I maybe, perhaps the Lord, perhaps the Lord. And I think the truth here is, is that I think that for so many of us, we would rather believe a lie. We would rather just go with people who have big faith and go after big, big faith people, right? Like you, you are impressed. I'm impressed by people who go, we're going to do this. God told us like, whoa, God told you. Yeah. Yeah. But you stay long enough that God apparently tells them all kinds of things. But anyways, (laughs) but like, but you want to be convinced by that. I mean, uh, they tell you in leadership classes, okay? They tell you in business classes, you got to be sure. You get up here, you, gotta, you, got, you can't say the word think, I think we should do this. No, they tell you, you should say, I believe we should do this. Believe it. The problem is, is that when you talk about spiritual things, it's, you talk about not just vision and business, talk about things that really matter, that are so complicated, that can actually hurt people deeply. When you make promises like that, go, I believe, I believe, I believe, um, and it doesn't work out, people lose their faith. And people start losing their faith first in you, then church people, and then eventually God. They don't go with God first because they heard it from you. Ah, But then some people, they just lose it. So I just think that, that Samuel's, I mean, sorry, Johnson is pretty right on. He's like, perhaps the Lord, I don't know. He said, I don't, nothing's promised here, people. In this world, nothing's promised. Like God will make everything work out for the good for those who love him eventually. Eventually. Because too many people have believed that it was going to happen here and it didn't happen. And now they don't want anything to do with God. No, it'll, it'll work out for sure. There will be a day that he'll wipe every tear from every eye. There will be. Might not be here though. Might not be here. So I think for some of us, we need to look at risk and go, okay, why am I not trying whatever I'm trying? Is it because I don't risk? See, I used to be impressed by people with big faith. Now I'm impressed with people who have deep scars because they got a story to tell. They, I believe them because they've been through, they've been on the other side of this and they go, and I still, I still, I still believe for some of you, you don't, want to be, you don't want to be rejected. I get that. You don't want to fail. You failed. It's not like you failed a whole lot. You just haven't had a lot of good wins. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I just need to win. I just need to win. You, you don't want to be denied. You don't want to be denied. I get that. I mean, I'll just be honest with you guys. I mean, in terms of what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to, money that we're trying to raise. And for those of you who know, we've been able during COVID to really expand our facility, be a true epicenter of hope. Uh, we've allowed people to use our spaces. And, and I think of all the spaces, that this space, this physical space has been used to impact people's lives. I mean, from Down syndrome camps in the summer to even last night, there was like a, a nanny training day here. I mean, to TEDx for our city that was hosted here. To the amount of, I mean, I, we could just keep on going with the amount of um, uh, good that we've been able to do with our space. And I think it's a, it's a great thing. We have a two, almost 200 students that use this place every day uh, because there's a monastery school that meets here. Some of you guys have found their stuff everywhere. You're like, oh, you open this. You're like, oh, what's this? What's that? 
And we've been using this and we want to because we never wanted to build another church building. We wanted to build a tool that would serve our city and grow our community. And so now we have another opportunity to buy this. And it's risky for me because I'll tell you what, no one anytime ever likes to ask for money. No one. And no one likes to be denied either. No one. Like sometimes we don't even want to ask the bank for money knowing that maybe they'll say no, right? We don't even want them to check our credit score. You're like, oh, let's not even do that. <laughs> we don't want that. We don't, like, we don't want that kind of rejection. We haven't asked the people that we want to ask even out on a date. You're like, ah, oh, they're going to deny me. They're going to deny me. Oh, Dude, just ask. No, it's so harder to just kind of go, maybe, you know, one day I will, possibly. I don't know. The thing is, it's risk. It's, it's risk. So you have, to, you have to know what's at risk. There is a perhaps the Lord. There is. Perhaps the Lord. But see, God is honored. God is smiles when we just go, hey, I'm just going to go for it. I'm not quite sure. See, like, Jonathan didn't tell his physical dad, but his heavenly father knew. And his heavenly father is like, go for it, I got this. Perhaps I'll show up. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> By the way, God never gives people an assurance. He's like, he told Jonathan, or Jonathan, uh, Joshua, when he took over from Moses. He was like, hey, be strong and courageous. I, I got you. I appointed you. I appointed you. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. At some point, Jonathan should have asked, like, why are you telling me this? Aren't you coming with me? <laughs> like, when someone tells you, be strong, be strong, you got this, you got this, the question is, you're coming, right? <laughs> like, but he keeps on saying, be strong. Why? Because when we risk for the future, see, God's already in the future. So to get there, we got to make that journey alone. Not that he doesn't, he's not with us, but you know what I'm talking about. you got to walk that. And for some of you, you need to walk that journey for your family, for your kids, for your business, for your life, for your soul. You need to move in that direction, and let's risk it. Okay, lastly, lastly, uh, commitment. You, that's another word. That's, an, that's the third word. It's commitment. You and I have got to figure out commitment. We've got to figure out that we can't give up and also, also, we need people, we need people, or we need to identify people who won't give up on us, with us. Commitment. That's going to be a big thing. This is where you and I um, become us. This is where my vision and your vision for your life uh, it requires another person in your life that says, I believe the same thing. I'm going to go with you. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. See, 1 Samuel 14, 7, next passage, what happens with this armor bearer, this assistant, what does he say after the whole perhaps the Lord? He says this. He says, do all that you have in mind. His armor bearer said, help me out with this last phrase. What did he say? Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. I love this. I love this not because... Um, um, I love this because I know exactly what it means. It's not, it's not, when, it's not the stuff that you uh, say in the South. So you know, in the South, like, y'all go ahead. Like, that's not it. Like, he's not saying, I'm going to be with you in spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, have you heard people say that? You tell them something, like, I'll be, I'll be there in spirit. That means you're not coming to your event. That's what it means. 
That's what it means. They're not even going to look at your Instagram stories about it. They don't even care. They don't even care. They asked who was coming, and you did not give them the right answer. Whatever. Okay? They're like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there in spirit. You know? In my country, like in my language, there's the word uh, inshallah. If you've ever heard that, if some Arab person or someone who speaks Arabic ever says inshallah to you, and you ask them, hey, are you going to come to this? And they say inshallah. It literally means if God wills it. Translation is, God will have to physically take me and put me here for me to show up. Because I'm not doing it. So if there's any business dealing and they ever say, inshallah, it's like, it's not happening. That is not a commitment at all. It's not a commitment. But you know and I know, man, we need people who are committed to us. Let's talk again about COVID. Man, we lost some people, huh? I'm not talking about just... Physically, physically we did, but man, man, relationally we did. Lost some people, lost some people. Man, I lost a lot of people. You know what's funny about church hurt? Anybody experienced church hurt? Okay, have any people experienced just heart hurt? Okay, in my world, the, my, life, my life, there is no difference. Because all the people are church people. <laughs> That's all I got. I got church hurt and I got church hurt. And a little bit of church hurt. And church hurt. Like they're all just, it's just in my life. But I I get it. I understand that. I understand that. I also understand the importance of having people in your life that are going to be with you, heart and soul. They're committed. Like I love people who who are new to our community. And we've got people who are new to the community. In fact, we're having a lunch again uh, this is the first Sunday of the month, and we'll have lunch with new people. And I love new people. But I gotta tell, I just gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you. There are some people that I knew before COVID and they're still here. And I love you a little bit more. I just gotta say it. I'm that parent that doesn't wanna say it, but I do. I do love you a little bit more. I do. Just cause we've just been through some stuff. We've just been through some stuff. You know, Natalia, who got uh, baptized today? I oh, mean, it was so important to me. Uh, I mean, so many, I mean, listen, even, even Marley. I mean, just, they're like, they're, they're like mosaic babies. They're mosaic babies, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they, like, they're, 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 you know, they met here, they got married here, like that kind of a situation. I mean, Kristen's been here from day one, and um, man, just see their life um, um, uh, expand, but also just see their commitment. Going back to Natalia and Lucia and Mike, and I remember, my, I remember Lucia coming to me, like this was like our first year, so like 17 years ago or something. And uh, she came up to me and I had mentioned something about me being an immigrant and for a while there I was illegal. Uh, I'm good now, you can't deport me, I'm good. I'm riding a horse these days, all right? I'm good, I'm American, that's what we do, so I'm good. But she, she came up to me and she was like, she was like She's like, hey, I'm, a, I'm illegal. I was like, me too. No, I'm like, no. <laughs> but there's something about immigrants. Uh, if you're not one, uh, don't expect you to understand, but it's all good. But there's something about it. And I don't know if you know this, people with, uh, who are trying to resolve their immigration status, they don't like to be in big crowds. It's just, it's just, it's unsafe. And I remember like talking to her, just trying to help her understand this is a safe place. Um, and then just seeing their own family grow. Just seeing the, and then this happen. 
And there's something so beautiful about deep, deep relationships. And I gotta be honest with you, like, I know deep, now, deep down that I can only go as far as the people that are with me. I can only go that far. Like, I, I can't, I mean, you know, some people say you can go fast alone, and, but if you want to go further, you got to go with people. I think it's just, it's like the people in your life, the key people in your life are either like preparing, like they're, 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 they're creating space for you, or they're just uh, overwhelming you. They're either, like, they're either like lifting you up and creating a, creating a way for you, or they're just, it's just bogging you down. You know, I, I love that as we, some of us are already thinking about it, we're looking at this and we've prayed through this, and others of us, you can jump on as well. And basically, this is a card that you can QR code this thing and just make a one-time commitment if you want to, or like a, a commitment for the, for the next year, because that's what we're trying to do, take a year to do this. And we'd love for you to be a part of that and journey with us and just commit with us. And the reason why this is important is because I think like being, being committed in the long haul is so important. It's so important. And so I just want to pray. I just want to pray that, that, that you would create with us. You'd create with us. I, I want you to know right, right now, like someone created this space for you. Uh, almost every, almost every Sunday, every chair is prayed for individually. You are sitting on a prayer. This morning, I witnessed it, as Lynn did it. And she goes around, and she's there. She prays for every, she lays hand on every chair. Every chair. She's been doing this for, oh gosh, for too long. Too long. Way too long. 15 years, maybe more. But just praying for every chair. Every chair you're sitting on just knows that it has been saturated with prayer. See, someone was committed to do this every, every time they're in this space. Every wall in this space has scripture. Every wall. You're like, what do you mean? Well, before we build all this, we put scripture in every wall, every promise. So any wall you touch has been like prayed over and spoken over. I, didn't, I couldn't do this. We did this. People who are committed. So, as you find yourself trying to get on the other side, what do you see? Do you have vision? Are you willing to risk? Are you going to stay committed to this? Are you going to quit today? No, don't do that. And do you have people committed? Do you have someone in your life you're like, you know what, I'm gonna, I was going to quit on them, but no, I don't need to do that. I, I need to commit with them. And are you one of those this morning that says, man, I want to be a part. Friends, help us create the future for the next generation. What we're building here is going to outlast me. For sure it is. But that's what I wanted to do. I don't want, I, don't, I can't take this home. I can't take, I, can, I can't take this. I'll tell you what, I can't take this. I can take the memory. I can take the memory of Marley getting baptized. I can take the memory of, hey, we created a space. We gave to a space that allowed people to taste a little bit of heaven. And so friends, if you're ready for this, during this time, I'm going to pray. This is the time, if you were looking for the time to do it, you can just scan this QR code, give to us, commit to us. We've already had 120, like I said, already pledged. 
and we're wanting, we're wanting to hit the 500 mark. So we can go to the bank and go, hey, listen, we got some committed people. We can do this. Um, so we'd love for you to consider it. All right, let me pray for us. Lord God, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for what a powerful, what amazing, what a blessing to have a service where, God, we are, we're able to do some, do some things that remind us of what you're doing inside of us. God, it's moments like this that remind us, God, that the more than what's going on on the outside, inside, you are doing a work. So God, I don't know who needs to go, you know what, I can't quit on myself, I can't quit on my dream, and I can't quit on this person. I can't quit on my marriage. I can't quit on this friendship. I can't quit on this job. God, for others of us, I can't, I can't hide, and I, I have to be willing to risk. Maybe you're there today. God, I need to move past this anxiety and do this. God, I pray your spirit would show up in such a unique way, reminding them that, God, you are with them, that they're ready to dream once again. They're ready to see once again. God, for some of us, we've had this, just this burden over us. Maybe, God, maybe we've been stabbed in the back. And there's a denial there's a, there, of, of it, but God, we're hurt and uh, we're just broken. But God, you do the best work with broken people. The best work. God, you create a beautiful mosaic with broken pieces. So God, would you do that? Would you, would you do that as we just commit and say, God, we, we are not perfect, but we don't want to, want to move forward, God. We want to move forward, God, experiencing what heaven would look like. And we want to create our spaces as, as heavenly embassies, God, where people can run into and find refuge, find hope and peace, God. God, I pray would you, would you speak to us uniquely. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.